Welcome, welcome, welcome to the official Bitch Warmers podcast. A sports podcast dedicated to hotcakes, wasting your time, and unmatched stupidity. Featuring your hosts, Adam and Jake. Hello and welcome to the Benchwarmers Podcast. This is episode number 30. Today we got a lot going. We got early NBA takeaways coming up. We got the top 10 NBA rookies. Stay tuned and keep on the lookout on social media for things coming up soon. So Adam, this is the first time on the show, we're 30 episodes in, that the Heat and the Celtics have been contenders at the same time. If you even consider the Heat a contender... I think the Heat and the Celtics are in the same boat, so it's interesting. I don't know. The Heat are a really young team. Does that worry you at all? Nope. When you have Jimmy and you have the guys surrounding him, I'm not worried at all. How, how, uh, what do you think about Kendrick Nunn? I believe that's legit. I think he's legit to the point where he may win Rookie of the Year, but I don't think – I think his ceiling is pretty low. I, I think we're, we might be seeing his ceiling now. So I think in the end he'll average about maybe 15 points a game, 16 at like his height. And even this year I think he'll average about 15 points a game. That's what, what I, I was going to – I was, I was going to say the exact same thing. I was going to say – this 25 point per game is definitely not realistic for every game. Um, also, the first few games without Jimmy in, so he's taking more shots. But I, I think 15 points per game is pretty realistic uh, for Kendrick Nunn. And Tyler Hero keeps surprising me every day, Adam, every day. I keep coming on this show and saying he's not a shot creator. He just keeps creating shots. You know what his last game was? We averaged? No, I don't. <laughs> take, a guess. take a guess what his last game he had. What was uh, his points, rebounds, assists total? 22, six assists, two rebounds. Hmm. 12 points, seven assists, seven rebounds. What are your thoughts? I don't know. Uh, I think the Heat aren't contenders. That's my thoughts. I think that this is just a, you know, little burst from the Heat. Kendrick Nunn will calm down. Jimmy Butler will continue Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. But I don't, I don't think they're real contenders. I think there's three contenders, and that includes the Bucks, Celtics, and the 76ers. I don't think there's any past that in the East. I, I – okay, we'll see. I think – the Heat have a three-game stretch right now where they're away. They're going to be playing at Denver, at Phoenix, and at L.A. I think if they go 2-1 and one in that stretch, I think you got to admit that they're some kind of contender in the East. What do you think? I don't know. I think that for me, when it comes to the NBA, the standings really start to take shape 20, 25 games in. I agree with that. Yeah, I would say like last year, the Denver Nuggets um, did very well in the beginning of the season. And uh, I was looking at them like, all right, you know, the Denver Nuggets will fall off. But once it hit game 25, I was like, all right, the Denver Nuggets are legit. 
You know, you, you see teams really – I mean, Memphis was in first place in the West for the first, like, 15 games last year. Just a reminder for all our listeners. Okay. So I think it really takes 20 to 25 games to really shape out. So any team's really struggling, you know, like the Bucks. I mean, I know they're 4-2, and two, but that Heat and Celtics losses were both brutal. Uh, reminder, the Celtics loss came without Jalen Brown. Um, so – and that Heat game against the Bucks was wild. So I think that, you know, it takes about 20, 25 games. But there's definitely some teams already early in the season where I see some They're concern. You know? They're gone. Some teams are gone. Yeah, so the good. Rockets, really? I mean, yeah, I, I knew from the start that the Rockets weren't going to work out. Not to say that they're not going to work out, but they're not a championship contender. Just say, just put it like that. Look, I think they're a fun team. I think they're they they have a ceiling, though. I think that they, they can't win a championship, but I think they're a fun team. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about them. I don't know how else you can improve that team. Um, so I, I gotta say, like, what what else can you do? You know. Yeah, someone who plays defense maybe would be nice. Um, and let me just yeah, let me just say the NBA has been really boring this season. Whoa, boring? What are you talking about? It's boring. This, is, this has been a really fun season to start out. You're. We got. I mean, how many play? We got Kawhi and load management. He doesn't even play half the nights. I mean. You know, we got Zion hasn't even stepped on the floor yet. You no KD, no Clay Thompson. Steph Curry broke his hand. I mean, Trey Young was out a couple games. You know, my guy Trey Young. Uh, I don't know. I just not seeing the excitement this year. Everyone, everyone's maybe it's because it's such a hyped up NBA season. I think uh, – no, I don't know. I, I disagree with you. I think that it's just getting started. I think it's going to be really kickoff. I think that Heat-Rockets game, that, that Heat throttling of the Rockets is going to be something of a benchmark for teams this year to beat. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, that's, like teams are going to be looking to try to like beat up on other teams like, the way that the Heat did. Let me ask you a question. How many assists do you think the Heat had in yesterday's game? In yesterday's game total? Yeah. God. I don't I can't even get a number. I'd say like 50. 50? That's that would be an NBA record and then some. Come on. Yeah. Give me a normal guess. 32. Okay. 38. 38? Yeah. I was only really 12 assists off, my original guess. You were you're pretty far off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like this NBA season just hasn't been what it's always been. I mean, even from opening, I mean, I don't know. I miss the Warriors. I think that's what it is. There's no, there's no enemy. 
now there's no there's no I disagree with you. I I disagree. I think there is an enemy. And it's pretty obvious. Kawhi Leonard? No. 76ers? Oh, clearly. Well, clearly for the Heat and the Celtics, but they're they're not. Oh no, no, I I I think they're teams in the West hate them. I think they are out to try to beat the world, and I think the West want to put them in their place. That's what I think. A top of the power ESPN power rankings this morning, 76ers. Um, I just have never had faith in the 76ers, but I have on this podcast said if they are going to win, it has to be this year before Torm Oil starts hitting in the organization. Uh, I just think that... The, these young guys are just impatient. Um, I don't think that they're going to make it to the finals. Uh, ben Simmons scored one point in a playoff game. People forget that. Ben Simmons is not good in the playoffs. Joel Embiid is never healthy come playoffs. And there's always a new excuse for the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. So, Fern, I'm going to have to disagree with you because I think that the Sixers will make the champion the finals because of their talent but i have them losing pretty easily in the finals um the reason being i I think they have everything that a championship contender has except for one thing do you know what that one thing is experience no i think they have enough experience to be able to give them that boost that they need there's something else Shooting. No, I, I think they have enough shooting. It's just they're it, all right. I'll tell you, the issue that I have with them is when you're in a playoff game and they're low-scoring games, and their games decided by one or two possessions tops. What is the one thing that every championship team needs? A closer. A closer, exactly. So and when Jimmy I'm watching JJ Redick, were the closers last year. I agree. So when you have a team like the Sixers, and your closer. I, I was watching the Portland game the other day. And they got the court final Oh, you're fine. <laughs> oh, relax, relax. So <laughs> when I'm watching that game and I'm looking at who they are giving the ball to at the end of the game, it's not Ben Simmons, I'll tell you that much, because then everyone's going to clog the paint. It's not Joel Embiid, because that guy isn't somebody that you can take out to the perimeter and have a play drawn out for him to get an open shot or an open jumper to win the game. It's not Jay Rich because he can't he, – clearly he can't be the guy to take them to wins and hit the clutch shot when he needs to hit them. And it's not Al Horford who's, I swear to God, is the slowest person I've ever seen play on the basketball court. The answer is Tobias Harris. And when Tobias Harris is your closer, you're not winning a championship. That's all I got to say. I definitely agree. I mean, I feel like their closers left last year and uh, Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick. Um, but you may, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not on the 76ers train this year yet. I'm um, on their, a train for them in the finals, but I'm not on anything else. I mean, in I it itself. A pretty good accomplishment getting to the finals, but it's it's they're lacking the closer. 
I really think they should have kept Jimmy. I agree with you. I, I see a team in the East that um, will make a move at the trade deadline that will push them into contention. That's my um, prediction. I think Milwaukee. a team at Milwaukee, Celtics maybe grab Steven Adams, maybe even Miami getting Blake Griffin. It, it could be any of the all these teams are one star away from competing with the 76ers, a team I really do not trust. Just for reasons I, that you even stated. I agree with you, but at the same time, there's the Celtics, I I don't I don't see them competing. Uh, I see the Celtics as a team that are always going to keep trying and trying and trying until they have they find a superstar that's available, but they're going to have to deplete too much of their roster in order to get that superstar. Because think about it. You're already tied up to all the players. You've already signed everyone to just giant extensions. So there's no money that's going to be found anywhere. You have Hayward coming off the book soon. I know that. But at the same time, with the cap going down soon – and nobody really in the 2020 free agent class, I don't think you're going to get anything. So I think I have three or four teams better than the Celtics right now uh, in the East. And I think the only way for the Celtics to improve is from within. I don't think that's something on the trade market's going to actually help them. Because if you take, let's say, uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and a few firsts or whatever it is, and you get a guy like Blake Griffin, you're looking at a team of Kemba, Jason Tatum, and Blake, and I... Gordon Hayward. And Gordon Hayward. Uh, I, but some a team like that, I don't really see... I see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe, maybe, but I don't see them going any further than that. You know what I mean? See, I, I think our biggest problem is our bench is too young. We have the Celtics well, have yeah, too many exactly. off their bench. Uh, young players never... Never make it in the playoffs, never do well in the playoffs. I mean, we've just seen it over and over again. It takes experience, and that's why I don't think the Sixers have it just quite yet. They haven't even made an Eastern Conference Finals yet, let alone to jump all the way to the finals. I really don't think that'll happen. And they also had the most talented roster last year in the NBA, in my opinion, um, and still couldn't get past one superstar in Kawhi. Um, so my personal opinion is I don't really trust the Sixers. I don't trust Joel Embiid. But one of those trades I was talking about, we'll get up to next uh, with the NBA trade machine here. Welcome to the NBA trade machine. Dun, dun, dun. So today I cooked up something really good. Really, really good. Adam, you're going to love this. It's actually not a... Not a... We will remember that uh, on this segment, I predicted that Chris Paul would be traded to the Oklahoma City's Thunder with a switch with Russell Westbrook to go to the Rockets, and everyone called me crazy. This segment is legit. So, the Warriors trade D'Lo and Willie Cauley-Stein. And to the Bucks for Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. I think D'Lo pushes the Bucks where they need to be past the Sixers with a 
good scoring point guard because you don't need to put the ball in Giannis's hands because then Giannis just gets fouled and then he airballs two free throws and you don't have any points. Yeah, so I talking. like the trade, but you're but you're also missing Brook Lopez. I understand. And Chris Middleton, who shoots a thousand percent against the Celtics. You want me to talk about it? I want you to talk positively about it. I I think there's no way the Bucks make this trade. And why would that be? This, because the Bucks' entire mm-hmm. offensive persona is about Brook Lopez being open and basically clearing the lane for Giannis because Brooke is a three-point sniper. And Chris Middleton is also a three-point sniper. And D'Lo is a worse shooter than Chris Middleton. So when you And D'Lo is ball-dominant. So when you take a ball-dominant guy like D'Lo and you take the ball away from Giannis, on top of the fact that you're taking away two of his most reliable three-point shooters, this is a no-go for the Bucks. But I do see a trade where D'Lo could be included. Um, and not to the Bucks, but to a team really close to the Bucks. You want to know what that is? Sure, give me it. I, I can see a D'Lo for Andre Drummond trade. A D'Lo for Andre Drummond. Yep. I could see that, but yeah, it, it, it's a perfect trade. You got D'Lo, who's ready to become the star of Detroit. He will thrive. He'll be on part of a rebuilding team again. But this time, the Detroit Pistons look at it and they say, hey, let's build the next Brooklyn Nets where you have the team built around D'Lo and maybe you keep Blake. Uh, So you have D'Lo and Blake, which is a really good starting two, and you fill in the holes where you need them to. But I think Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond together – is a it, it, it's it was fun you know it was fun for for a year but I think that the Pistons need to reevaluate themselves and make this switch now for the Warriors side I think this is a no brainer for them you get a guy that's something that they haven't had in I think six years since like Andrew Bogut where they have a big guy that'll actually block shots rebound at a high rate. And would be a perfect complement to Steph Curry because he sets screens and just dunks everything. You know what I mean? And he's a very good defensive presence. And he's very springy at this time of his career. So I think it would be a win-win for both teams. Adam, do you know what I call Andre Drummond? What? A dying breed in the NBA. A Dwight Howard. That is, uh, he's 20-20. He's 20-20. That's stats. They're not useful in the NBA. A center who can't shoot is not useful in the NBA anymore. It's not. He, Andre Drummond is the star that holds absolutely no value except cap space. The Andre Drummond's not. The Warriors are championship caliber team next year with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson. That's a team with three all stars. No team in the East, even, I know it's the West, but no team in the East even has a team with. Three all-stars. Um, I, I disagree. I, I don't like the move. I think Andre Drummond, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like, he's a dying star, you know. You can't, centers who can't shoot have no use in the NBA. 
except standing in the lane and blocking guys like Ben Simmons. That's my personal opinion. I see where the idea comes from, but I don't think from the Warriors' standpoint they would even do that. All right. If you, if you say so, I think it's a good deal. I think the Pistons say yes. I think the Warriors say yes. But if you say no, then all right. Then it's no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We'll see. Welcome to the list, everyone. This week's list is pretty interesting as the NBA season has started. The top 10 NBA rookies this season so far. Adam, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I want you to go first. I always go first, so I'll go first. So number one sits a guy who many people actually forgot existed. Zion Williamson, still the number one rookie. Oh Don't forget God. about him, everyone. No, let's let's come on. Let's do guys that have played. Zion doesn't need to play to be impactful. All right, for the one and five for the one in five Pelicans. This team is okay. built around him. No other rookie has a team built around them. Whatever you say. I mean, what's, who's the last rookie that had a team built around that rookie? I guess you could say Luca. Boy, do I like Luca. Continue. Number, number yeah. two. Number two. Tyler Hero. Right now, okay. I mean, what I've seen from him is he can do everything, and he's valuable, and he's the type of player that will succeed in this league. I like, can it, shoot, I like it. I like it. Can shoot the lights out. Number three, Ja. Right where I thought he'd be. You know, I didn't. I never. I looked at Ja pre-draft and said, you know, maybe he could be a top ten point guard in the league. And, and I think he's hitting his strides. I think he could potentially. He's just a little undersized. You know, he he needs to work on that shot. But other than that, he's a great passer, and he's a playmaker. So I really like him. So I have him there at number three. Number four, we got um, R.J. Barrett. Um, plays every minute for the New York Knicks, the failing New York Knicks. But still seems very promising. I mean, what I saw in the summer league was horrendous, and I thought he was going to be terrible this year. But so far from what I've seen, I really like it. I really like what he's done. Number five, Kendrick Nunn. Adam, you're probably upset that I put him this low. But I need to see more from him. He was undrafted. He was an undrafted rookie. I know he played in the G League, but need to see a little more for him to push up my rankings a little bit. Okay. Number six, I got P.J. Washington. I know he had that one first lights-out game. What do you have, seven threes, six threes? Seven. Seven threes, yeah, that's what I thought. Seven threes from a rookie, NBA record, but this is a three-point shooting league. Um, I think he just got hot. I don't really think he's going to be that impactful. Um, of a player uh, I'm sure he'll be a good role player throughout his career number okay. number 7 I got Kobe White um, he's the second best point guard in the draft um, this year I've been saying he's the second best point guard um, 
But I mean, I don't, I don't think he has the skill sets to be a star in the NBA. I think he's, but he's a good, uh, he's a good guy to have behind Levine and uh, marketing it over for the Bulls. Number okay. eight, um, number eight, Matisse Thybul. He averaged less than ten points in college, which is, you know, not the type of guy that I would want to draft on my team. Someone averaging less than ten points out of college in a scoring league. But defensively, what I saw him do against Kemba Walker. Um, very impressed. He's been a very good defensive force. Will come in handy for the 76ers. Come playoff time, um, you always need defensive specialists on your team. Uh, number nine, I got Rye. Uh, I thought he would be a little better this year, along with my number 10 guy, DeAndre Hunter. I thought they would be more impactful for their team, um, but there's still a lot of time to come and grow. And then, uh, as you saw, I left Cam Reddish off my list, so... You're up. Number one, I have John Morant. I think that he's been pretty consistent over the four or five game stretch to start the year. Uh, so I'm going to have him number one, and especially for a point guard. I think that's the hardest position to acclimate yourself into the league. So at one, I have John. Number two, I'm going to put RJ Barrett. Uh, for him to be on a team like the Knicks, which really doesn't help, uh, where everyone knows that he's probably the guy who's going to always have the ball in his hands and that he's the most impactful player and to be averaging, what is it, like 16 points a game and almost be flourishing. And he's playing like a vet, actually. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put RJ Barrett at number two. Number three, I'm putting uh, Kendrick Nunn in. I think he's been really really good and he's come out of nowhere but like we said earlier i don't know if, what his ceiling is uh we knew that he was gonna put up a lot of points when jimmy wasn't playing and now that he's back i think uh i think we're gonna start to see him have a little bit more of a low scoring output every night but we'll see it's still early uh, number four i have pj washington i really like that this kid can really shoot the ball uh, and he shot out of the gate, you know, seven threes in his first game. I think the sky's the limit for him. Uh, when Terry Rozier is your starting point guard and really you don't have much hope for the future and you lean on P.J. Washington, hey, that's not a bad thing for your rookie and sophomore year, you know. Uh, I think the Hornets are a fun team. They're, they're competing, at least for now. So we'll see. We'll see. I really like P.J. Washington, though. Uh, number five, I have Rui. Uh, particularly because he's showing moves that he didn't show in college. Uh, he had that turnaround fadeaway the other day that I really liked that he did not show in college. Uh, he, he's showing uh, his dribbling, I think, regressed a little bit, but that's not a problem uh, right now at the very least. Uh, his shot, though, looks really good. Number six, I'm going to put Tyler Hero. Uh, I think I, I've watched every single heat game. I think Tyler isn't being aggressive enough to warrant a top five spot in the rookie ladder. He doesn't have the ball enough. He's coming off the bench. So I have him at number six, even though his shot is just wet and he's really, really good shooter and he's good at a lot of things. I, I think defensively he's not that strong and that they need to cover him a little, little bit. Uh, uh, but basically the, the main point as to why he's not a top five rookie for me right now is because he doesn't have the ball enough in his hands. He's not shooting enough. Um, then I have Kobe White. He started out really hot, but the Bulls let him take every shot he wanted to take, which is an issue for me and the Bulls, and that probably reflects poorly on the Bulls, and that's why they have the record that they have. 
But I think Kobe White has shown flashes that he's going to be a really good shooter and facilitator in the league. Uh, they just need to control his shots a little bit. Uh, number eight, I have Matisse Thibault. Say what you want, but this kid really defends. Uh, when defending is 50% of the game and you're just missing the other 50%, you are already elite at defending, which is 50% of the game. That alone should put you really high up in the rankings for a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of players. I, I can tell you there's a lot of teams that would love to have a Matisse Thibel who's really young, who's really good at defense, who can develop his three-point shot. I don't know. I think it was a steal for them at the, at what was it, like 21, 22. Number nine, I have DeAndre Hunter. Um, I haven't been impressed with him, but since there hasn't been a lot of rookies outside of like the top seven, eight that have impressed, uh, I'm putting DeAndre Hunter because he's shown the ability to defend. He's shown that he can hit the three, that he can dribble a little bit, that he can pass. So I'm going to put DeAndre Hunter at nine. And number 10, I'm going to put Darius Garland because the Cavs are a weird situation where you have two point guards holding the ball um, it, when really one of them's a point guard, one of them's a shooting guard. And you've seen flashes from Darius that shows you what he can be if he develops the right way. Now, I don't know if the Cavs are the key to unlocking his potential, but we'll see. I, but I have seen flashes, and that's why I put him at number 10. So those are my top 10. Uh, I like the list, Adam. I, I don't know about Garland at 10, but I, I definitely – and you put it Hero a little low. kind of surprised me. I didn't really factor it. Yeah, I didn't really factor in he's coming off the bench, but I just factored in how impactful he's been off the bench for the Heat. And a lot of these rookies, you know, are drafted high and play for really good, really bad teams. So they, they are able to get starting spots. Um, uh, obviously, Hero is behind Jimmy Butler. So I don't think any of the rookies are going to win a spot over Jimmy Butler. <laughs> no, I agree. So I, I, I definitely I didn't like how low you put Hero, and I can't believe I'm defending a Heat player. Sorry, no, I get it. But Thibault, I really have liked what Thibault's done, I got to say. Like, I also really don't defend Sixer, Sixers players. Hey, I don't want him to be good, trust me. I mean, he's good in defense. He seems like he could be like a Lance Stevenson kind of guy. You see that? I see Roku. Ro- Roku. You see, Ro- no, Roku's shoots is a really good shooter. I mean, I know a lot of Sixers he's- fans are like, ah, oh, he wasn't that good of a shooter. He developed a shot. That's the point. Yeah. I mean, I don't see Thibault being able to develop a good shot. I don't know. I, I don't see it. Okay, whatever you say. But I do see a little Lance Stevenson in him. <laughs> so we're here, the mid-pod crisis over here, and uh, we got, we're switching gears. We're doing some NFL, some NFL action. We each got three NFL hot takes for this season, so stay tuned for this one. Adam, you want to start us off? I got you. I got you. All right. So first things first, my first hot take of the mid-pod crisis is, you ready? You're not Mm going to like it. The Bills will win their division. 
<laughs> Come on. Come on, that's laughable. The Bills, the Buffalo Bills, the 6-2 and two Buffalo Will, Bills will win their division. Let me tell you why. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. Pulling up the Bills schedule just for this. All right? All right. The 6-2 and two Bills are going to play the Browns next week. Sure. That's a 7-2. and two. Then they're going to play the Dolphins. The 8-2 and two Bills. Then play the Broncos. The 9-2 and two Bills are going to play the Cowboys. Now, they're going to be going to Dallas. So it'll be a close game. So I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to take the Cowboys in that game. Okay? All right. Then the – what did I say? The nine and two, nine and three now, Bills have a bye week. Good for them. They're gonna play the Ravens in Buffalo, and I think the Bills win that game. So now you have the ten and three Bills playing the Steelers. That's another win for the Bills. The eleven and three Bills have a huge matchup against the Patriots in Buffalo, and I think that's the clincher. They win that game. They're twelve and three. And then they play the Jets in, where is it? In Buffalo. And they become 13-3. and three. The 13-3 and three Buffalo Bills will win their division. Interesting enough. Um, what games do you think the Patriots are going to lose? So they got, no. I mean. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me, I pulled up their schedule, all right? They got their bye this week, right? They're playing the Eagles. Win Phil. All right. I I've got I've got the Eagles winning that game, not because they're a better team, but because nostalgia will win over the game. Let me just say the Patriots. Yeah. Bill Belichick in his head coaching career is undefeated. Undefeated, Adam. You know what undefeated means? It means never lost. Two in a row. From from a bye week, after a loss, a loss bye week game has never lost. I mean, that's probably because there's like only been three games. <laughs> but they're that here, good at. It's right, a right, right. So the franchise. One eight and one. You're gonna be eight and two. You're then gonna play the Cowboys. You'll bounce back. Don't worry. You'll bounce back. The nine and one. Or nine and two Cowboys. I mean, nine and two Patriots will then play the Texans. They'll beat them. They'll be the ten and two Texans. But they're gonna have to face Patrick Mahomes, and they're gonna lose. And the ten and three Patriots are a little bit of trouble now because they see the Bills coming up on them. Then they're gonna beat up on the Bengals. It'll be eleven and three. Then. They're going to play the Bills and lose that game and be 11-4 and four and then beat the Dolphins and become 12-4. and four. The Bills, first of all, I'll be at that Bills game um, at Gillette. So I'll, I'll be there to witness Adam's prediction about the Bills. But I would also like to say that Patrick, prime time Patrick Mahomes, 1-8, prime time, prime time Pat, prime time Pat. 
It's not even prime time. It's missing. It's there's o'clock. no there's no primetime path. He's one and eight in primetime games. Okay. And he's not even healthy. He'll be healthy by then. He'll be healthy. It's All like right. primetime Pat. Primetime Pat. I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. but let's move on. That's my first hot right. take. So so my hot take is the Steelers make the playoffs without okay. Ben Roth. Next. Yeah. They're not making the playoffs. They played the Browns twice, the Bengals, the Cardinals. Let me let me say that again. They played the Browns twice, the Bengals and the Cardinals. It's four wins right there. I don't, I don't, no, I don't. I think they'll they'll split one of the games with the Browns. Really? Yeah, they'll lose to the Ravens. They'll lose to the Bills. They'll beat the Jets, Cardinals, Bengals, and one game against the Browns. They'll lose to the Rams. So those are their wins right there: Steelers, Cardinals, Bengals, Browns. It's four more wins. All right. All right, All right, so let's move on to your take over here. Your next hot take. Okay. My second hot take. It's not much of a hot take, but I think the Eagles finish 11 and 5. What do you think? Eagles finish 11 and 5. You know, actually, Adam, you just uh, killed my hot take that says the Eagles won't make the playoffs. I don't even know if that's – is that considered a hot take? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I don't even think that's so considered a hot take. That, Are we doing a hot – see. It's a hot take. All right, let's nah, combine those. I don't think that's – the 5-4 and four Eagles not making the playoffs with the superior right. Cowboys in their division. Let's go, let's go over their schedule, okay? All right. Patriots-Seahawks, next two games, both in Philly. Would you agree they'll split one of the two? No, I don't, and that's why I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Because I think, think the Seahawks are going to. I think the Seahawks are going to win, and I think the Patriots are going to win. Now, if the Patriots won against the Ravens, I think the Patriots could easily drop that game. I definitely don't think they're beating the Seahawks in Philly with that beat up secondary. Really, you think it's, Russell? It's will, in three. The beat up secondary. I I think. I think there's a good chance they they beat the Seahawks if they lose to the Patriots. Look, I'm telling you, I really think that the Eagles will run the table after the next two games. They, they play the Dolphins, they play the Giants, the Redskins, then the Cowboys in Philly, then the Giants again. <sighs> They're going to run I just... the schedule. Djax is out for the season. Eagles medical uh, staff looking like the Warriors over here. Yeah, it looks it's terrible. I know it's, it's bad look for med staff. Um, I know, but that that takes away your deep threat. What are you guys gonna do about that? No deep threat for Carson. Carson Wentz needs to implement Ertz more. You see what happens when he got Ertz into the game. It was his first game over nine catches the whole entire year. I know. Ertz is, Ertz is the biggest target on that team. He's the weapon. And it's exactly why I didn't draft him in fantasy this year. Look, I, I agree with you, but I, I don't know what's going on with the Eagles offense. 
but I think they're going to get it right over their next stretch of games. All right, Adam, my next hot take. My next hot take is that the Patriots will break the Ravens' record for least amount of points allowed in a season by a defense. Mm. 144. They're at 67 right now. I think it's possible. A.K.A. the boogeyman. <laughs> I'm not calling them that. but Sam Darnold, watch out. I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's possible. I think it definitely is possible. It's going to take a lot, but it's definitely possible. You know something interesting? Tom Brady's really been getting ripped on this year for, you know, this whole falling off the cliff thing again, that the defense is carrying him. He is the second, second in yards this season, in passing yards, behind another struggle, another quarterback that seems to be struggling this year was Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is in first place, and Brady's in second place. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise to a lot of people. I have one more hot take, by the way. Okay, me too. All right, you want to go first? Sure. Ready? Right. Yeah. The Dolphins will not be the first, will not have the first overall pick. I like that. I like that because I think it's going to be the Jets or the Bengals. I think it's the Bengals. I think it is too. And I, I mean, they benched Andy Dalton now, so mm-hmm. they, have, they have the remaining schedule Ravens, L. Raiders, L. Steelers, L. Jets, toss up. Even if they do win, they only have one win. Bengals, or Bengals, Browns, and the Patriots left. And then they all they play the Dolphins, and then the That's Browns. Yeah. The Dolphins is going to be the toilet bowl. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so um, my last hot take, which may surprise you. Baker gets benched. That's not really that surprising. He sucked. (laughs) I know. He has been terrible. He's been missing open throws all season. He's been throwing it really high, you know, and he's not. He's overrated. That was one thing I hit very good on. I, I really was never high in the Browns. Never let the OBJ hype get to me. Star wide receivers. Affect the win column about zero games a season. Hey, I see it. I get it. But I don't know. Uh, I just see him getting benched. And Freddie Kitchens, I, I don't think he should get fired. I don't. I don't know. I. I the Browns are weird. I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know who the issues. Live. On if it's Baker, if it's the offensive coach, he played so well last year. But I don't know if that was more like beginner's luck or rookie's luck, or if that was just I don't know. I think it was. It's hard to. 
the O-line is really bad for the Browns, and the O-line always affects quarterback play. Um, there's a lot of, been a lot of interceptions that haven't really been on Baker, um, but I think just his attitude's bad for the Browns, uh, especially a failing team right now. Things are only going to get worse. Uh, but I really think that, you know, when you're in the NFL for a year, people study you, you know? When he, he just came in, opponents don't know what they're really facing. But I guess now, you know, you see the film on Baker Mayfield, you know how to stop him. Yeah. And especially that week on the line definitely is playing a role. They also have a really hard schedule. No, I agree. I mean, so I think that it's, all factors it's in. Incredibly tough. We're going to move on from here. We're already seeing it, Adam. Same as the Celtics. Kyrie is acting pissy with his teammates again. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Let's see what over the action by the media. Go ahead. Tell me what you think. I think that. With a bunch of, I think two things. I think with a bunch of young guys and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I can't find a leader on that team. And I think that's definitely going to be a problem for them. Um, every team needs a leader to be successful, to guide them in the right direction. Uh, and I don't think Kyrie or KD can, the skill-wise, of course, can lead the Nets to in Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think of Finals, but I think in Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but I do think there needs, they need to find some leadership on that team. I don't think Kyrie is going to be capable of doing it. And I think what Kyrie did and what he needs to realize for the remainder of this year is he went to a team that was a diminished version of the Boston Celtics. A lot of young... I don't Roll pieces, and he's going to be the guy who's taking the shots. Well, you see, I don't. I agree with you. I think that Kyrie Irving needs to get more leadership on the the uh, the team. Uh, you're right. I think they need a lot of veterans on that team. But you don't have to worry about that this year. I think next year is the year where they have to go out and get those guys, uh, like a Derek Fish. Uh, not a Derek Fisher. Like a uh, like uh, who who am I? Who am I talking about? What, what guys? Like Give a, me some forty. Like a Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. You know, <laughs> like they they need to get these guys that are like thirty eight, thirty seven, who's been there, who's basically the Cavs old guys that were, that were on that team. They need to get a bunch of guys who have been to the championship games, have have seen it, have lived through it, have played integral parts. Um. And guys who, where when Kyrie or KD are getting out of line, they can really control the locker room because if something you know screws up in there, they need veteran leadership. Uh, and right now, I think that I, I don't think Kyrie will will blow up like he did in Boston, but I think that Kyrie will definitely have his moments. 
Um, but I don't think it'll be too much of a concern. I think the media has really tried to villainize Kyrie, but at the same time, there's truth to it. Kyrie Irving is going to hurt his relationships with his teammates this year, which will hurt next year. And that's why I think it is imperative that they find someone now who can control the locker room. I mean, no one, even if it's just this year and he's getting uh, angry or um, not treating teammates right or what he did in Boston, that only broke those relationships and caused turmoil in the locker room. And I think that you don't want that. Um, You don't want that this year because it'll carry into next year. And like you said, next year is what matters really for the Nets, not this year. Um, I don't even... I think that the Nets window is really short because you sure you have these guys locked down, but DeAndre Jordan gets a year older. Kevin Durant, you don't know how he'll come back next year. Uh, I think he'll come back like a superstar, but at the same time, 2020, I think is your only real shot because 2021 is where a lot of guys are going to be looking to move. And I think the next wave of free agents are going to come to the East. Um, so I think in 2021, you're going to have a new team that rises and becomes the clear favorite. And I don't think that's going to help the Nets. Plus, and they already have to deal with Milwaukee and Philly. So I don't know. It's, it's really I mean, interesting. I think this year is their only shot. Yeah, the guys on Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, they only get more experienced. And the older they get, the better the teams are going to get. Whereas the older the Nets get, the worse they're going to get. If that makes sense. <coughs> Just experience is going to help the young teams in the East. And like you said, the wave of 2021 free agents um, are going to be looking to move to the East because the West is so powerful. All it's going to take is one good superstar and a decent team like we were talking about earlier. To really carry you, you saw Kawhi did it last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to only take one big superstar to move to the you're East right. to really just shift the whole power of the East. Yeah, you're right. So, and I, I don't think many superstars are going to want to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It's my personal opinion, I guess. Yeah. And, and I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think. Let me, let me phrase that differently. I don't think Kyrie and Katie will be welcoming to many superstars. Well, I don't think any other superstars like that's their team. What they have now is their team. The only thing they could do is maybe trade for a guy, but I don't. There's no other way to improve their team other than you know vet men guys. It's true. Yeah, I, I think that for now it could be a problem um, and it could lead to a problem next year like we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I think... Whew. Thank you for listening to the Benchwarmers podcast. That was episode number 30. Be sure to keep a lookout on Twitter at the BW Pod uh, for more media and content from this episode coming out. And be sure to be on the lookout 